Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Jim Gale, who's the owner of foodforestabundance.com. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? We're going to be talking about how you can transform your very own backyard into a food forest to create a system of self-reliance that's, hey, it's easy and it's even enjoyable. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, you're probably an entrepreneur in your own right, or hopefully you'd consider yourself a creative person or someone who thinks outside the box. And we're talking about one of those topics today. Have you ever thought about self-sufficiency? Have you ever thought about, you know, I go to the grocery store, I get my groceries for the week. Maybe you forgot something. It's like, oh, let me go back. You know, you order the food, it goes in your fridge, and then it sits there for three, four, five days. And then what do you do with it? You throw it out and you're like, there has to be a better way. What am I doing? I'm wasting money. I'm wasting food. And more importantly, a lot of us, we're just thinking about the future. We're thinking about the future world we're building. And that's why I'm so excited about today's episode. Sitting down with Jim Gale. He's the owner of foodforestabundance.com. Go to that web address to find out more. And he's also an entrepreneur. He's been living an amazing life. He started a mortgage company that achieved $1.3 billion in sales in only three years. And that's what allowed him to retire and be living this amazing dream of a life he's living now. Jim, it is so great to have you on the show here today. Well, thank you, Blake. And I'm excited. I'm inspired to share this message of freedom and hope and really logical solutions with everybody listening. We've got it down. In fact, Victor Hugo said there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world. And that is an idea whose time has come. Today, you and your listeners are going to hear that idea in very strategic and logical detail. Well, I love it, man. And it's, it's, I'm excited to get inspired and to hear about some of the awesome stuff that you're doing with Food Forest Abundance. And you, I think you have a couple other projects that are going too. Tell us a little bit about, just give us like the bird's eye view, who you are, what you do. I almost don't know where to start because you've had such an awesome life already living in Costa Rica, traveling. I read that you bought a boat and lived on the ocean for a year. I mean, just all sorts of things. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, I grew up in Minnesota. They call me nature boy growing up. I've always loved nature. I love traveling. I love culture. I love people. Um, one of my most amazing times was living in Africa with the Maasai people and in Chiang Mai and different places. Um, I really just love life. And about 15 years ago, I basically red-pilled. I learned permaculture, which is a sustainable agricultural design science. I had my first two daughters, and I learned what's going on in the world and who's responsible for what's going on in the world. And when I stacked all those things, it was actually 
a pretty shitty couple of years because <laughs> I didn't see a solution. I was right. studying the problem very intensely for all day long, sometimes 12, 15 hours a day. I was so amazed at the depth of the ignorance and of the problems and of the poisoning, both of our minds and our soil and our air and our water. And so I went down that cognitive dissonance rabbit hole because my daughter's lives became more important than my own. I said, what's the world going to be like in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years? What's the world of my grandkids going to be like? And that's when um, I read Bill Mollison's quote, though the problems of our world are increasingly complex, the solutions remain embarrassingly simple. Mm. And here it is. This is the solution that is now scaling globally. When we turn 50% of the 40 million acres of lawn, just in the United States alone, into edible regenerative landscapes, food forests, landscapes that take less maintenance than a lawn and provide habitat and abundance and freedom and beauty and color and food. We literally reverse mass extinction and deforestation and cancer and diabetes and heart disease trends. We end world hunger. And this is not a utopian fantasy. This is the next logical step for humanity. You know, it's, 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 man, it's insane what you're talking about. Cause like I'm, I've, I've only in the last couple of years started to parse through this kind of stuff. Cause my wife, um, my wife has become vegan because she was looking at just like all like the water waste and the just waste in general that came with eating meat. Um, I, I still eat meat myself, but it took her on this path of like looking at really like, how do we, um, like what is our process for acquiring food, eating food, wasting food. And the more that I've got into this, like the more I've been like, like everything you just said, I've just been like, yeah, there's some real traction to what you're talking about. And I think those of us who are listening as entrepreneurs, there's like this, a lot of us, we don't do what we do because it's like, I want to make a quick buck. A lot of us are creative. We are creators and we're looking for that answer that leaves a mark in some way, which is basically what you're talking about. You're talking about long-term impact on our earth. And brother, I feel you. I have a daughter myself and I am like scared to death thinking about what the heck, (laughs) what is this future going to be like? I mean, I'm definitely vibing with what you're talking about. Yeah. And just in the last week, we have heard all of the food supply chain um, pieces that are being destroyed by fires just in the last month and month and two months, over a hundred major distribution centers around the world. Because what's happening right now is a strategy of control. Kissinger said 50 years ago, if you want to control people, control food. Now, that's just not the ramblings of some random person. That's the strategy spoken by the guy who has met with every U.S. president. And so when we start to realize what's actually happening with our food supply chain and and the problem is centralization of power. Because the same companies that run all of the poison producing companies of our world also run all of the medical companies and pretty much every industry in our society. So in permaculture, we learn to turn the problem into the solution. The problem is poisonous centralized food production, food production that is GMOs that is not sustainable. The solution is then decentralized food production. And this is where it gets to be fun as heck. It's so easy. 
Mm. It's so ridiculous. It's literally as easy to grow food or even easier than it is to grow a lawn. See, this, this, that comment blows. I mean, I could barely manage my own lawn, but my wife and I have been thinking about this for a long time now. So like break this down for me. Cause I, I was even looking at, you know, your website, you know, it, it's has the big title. What is a food forest? And you have a couple of like visual examples there. Um, you even have like a backyard, um, with, you know, the before and after with like a, you guys seem to go to the website, by the way, foodforestabundance.com. But I love this picture of the lawn where you can slide over and see kind of how it's evolved and become the food forest. But it does, it blows my mind because my, my envisioning of, you know, growing my own food is it's another full-time job. It's going to be extremely expensive. It's going to take forever. Um, I'm not qualified. And it, it sounds like you're saying that those things aren't true, that it's actually a lot simpler than we think. Well, I'll give you a, a very logical example. So you have a favorite tree in your yard, or do you have a favorite patch of forest that you've walked through? Yeah. Who manages that tree? Who manages that forest? Uh, I guess me and nature. <laughs> yeah, as nature. As I can. <laughs> yes. But if it's a tree or a forest, you don't need to manage anything. Nature manages the system. So when you design and incorporate food forests that mimic natural systems, you put guilds together, then they're literally zero. You don't have to do any maintenance. Now, if you want to increase the yield, you could do a little pruning. You could do a little work and adding maybe some of the right plant friends like guilds at the right times and you can increase the yield. But I'll give you the best example in the world. The Amazon rainforest was a designed food forest 5,000 years ago. You can look that up. Hmm. Look up Amazon food forest on Google and it'll show you how that, that theory works. Now, let's take one peach tree or apple tree as an example. You put one tree in your yard and if you put the right combination of plants with that tree, a guild, a community of plants that love each other. You put some nitrogen fixers in there, legumes like beans, where you're healing the soil, maybe some dynamic accumulators, some comfrey, maybe around the tree, you have blueberries and raspberries and blackberries. And then maybe you have some mushrooms in there. So in the space of one canopy of a peach or an apple tree, you are now getting a ROI per year of food production that is in the hundreds of percent ROI mm. per year. And you don't have to mow that area. It's a beautiful thing. Now, I mean, how much is this reliant? I mean, surely a lot of this is reliant on like where you live, right? Like your climate. Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> the guy in Arizona is probably growing something different than Florida or, you know, Minnesota or what have you. Yeah. Is, it, is it still relatively simple to figure this stuff out or... Well, it's, it's a very, it's mother nature. So it's the ultimate complicated process. However, the science of permaculture, which stands for permanent agriculture or permanent culture has dialed this in. There's millions of permaculturalists around the world who are combining their knowledge by observing and interacting with the plants. And the number one thing we look at is what agricultural zone is the customer, the property in. And and then we look at microclimates and soil and wind direction and rain patterns. And then we ask the question, how can we create a system using all of the elements that are currently there and then adding other elements to the system that will be the highest yield for the lowest amount of energy input? Mm. Now, I mean, 
it's really fascinating where you are now and what you're doing now with this. How did this all start? I mean, you talked yeah. about having kids and started thinking about the future. Your your bio, your background is pretty amazing. Um, I mean, talk to me about like the steps from like the mortgage company, being an entrepreneur, starting that business, selling that business. For a lot of entrepreneurs, that is like the pie in the sky. Like the big goal is, could I one day be acquired? Um, so you sold it. You started this amazing journey. Like, give us a little bit more of the backstory and how you got here. So the first thing that's really relevant, I believe, for this conversation is the visualizing the goals, uh, you know, the, the mindset. And it starts with creating a compelling future for yourself. Right. A lot of people are watching the mainstream media programming narrative that is really it's all fear based. I turned off all that shit a long time ago. And now I focus on what are my goals for myself, my family and my community. And the first time I did that, I was 19 years old and my college wrestling coach had everybody write down their goals. And I didn't want to because it was like homework. But when I started to write, something happened where I actually projected myself in the future and I clicked over and I was so inspired by the goals that I was writing that something changed in me. In fact, the person who left the wrestling room on Friday and the person who showed up on Monday morning, two very different people. One had a compelling future and the other one did not. Wow. So start by creating for yourself, designing for yourself a life that brings you joy. And then you had an early retirement yeah. with your mortgage company. I mean, what did that feel like? Yeah, it felt amazing. And it's interesting because it felt amazing for a minute. Um, and then I got bored. I bought a boat. I lived on the ocean. I, I was really just looking for the next thing in life. And I thought that three and a half million dollars plus some real estate holdings was like just a, an extremely large amount of money. And really... When I learned what was happening in the world, I had went from zero to about 20 million in total net worth. And I went through this period of scarcity, this period of, I don't know how to solve this problem, but I have to solve this problem. It was a scarcity mindset. Right. And I went from actually $20 million to negative $80,000. It was Jeez. an epic journey. And I actually read a book by this guy, um, Hicks. Um, and it was about, he wrote a book about how millionaires, a lot of times when they make their money the first time, and then they start losing it, they lose every bit of it before they turn it around again. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to lose. I lost every bit and then some, <laughs> and that was literally about a year, 13 months ago. And now it's abundant again, because I changed my mindset and I changed my frequency. I went from the frequency of being concerned and fear and effort and force driven to the, to really the frequency of faith and courage and love. And that's when the magic it's every day I'm blown away by the magic all around. How do you like, how do you stay resilient? Like, how do you, cause I mean, as, as business owners, entrepreneurs, what have you, I mean, it, sometimes it doesn't take much to just knock us out for the day, for the week. You know, I'm just going to crawl in bed. Uh, you're talking about losing a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not, it's not like a bad customer or it's, it's a lot of money lost, but you're also full of so much energy and optimism and like, let's do this. Like what, how, how remember, does this happen for you? I remember the step I took when I was at my end, my financial end, my wits end. I was like, I, 
I know I have this. I have this because I was, I've been obsessed with this solution for 15 years. And I realized that that obsession, what do you feel when you think about the word obsession? It's kind of stressful. It's kind of scarcity driven. It's kind of efforting. And when I said, I'm going to let go of all of that, and I'm going to listen to the greats, the Alan Watts and the Hicks and the McKenna's and all of the great teachers that I've had, and I'm going to stay in the now, and I'm going to just have faith that I am going to figure out a way through. And boom, the, the ride from there, and I'll give you one example of miracles. So my favorite TV show all, of all time, or at least for 10 years of my life, was The Crocodile Hunter with uh, Steve Irwin. When he died, I cried. I loved that guy. And then about 10 years later, my favorite show was Entourage with Vincent Chase, Adrian. And I get calls in 48 hours by the producer of The Crocodile Hunter. Now, this is after I let go of the fear and I started living in faith again. And I got a call from the producer of my favorite show and the actor of my favorite show within 48 hours. And we created a TV show called The Land of Plenty, which is going to change the world. It's going to inspire millions of people to grow food. And that's one of incredible amount of miracles that are happening every day. Yeah, it's wild how, you know, when your mindset changes, how things seem to results seem to follow. Um, and, you know, obviously there's, there's like big movements around these conversations, whether, you know, manifesting or like, um, you know, if you're more like of a religious type, you know, following your faith background, but regardless, you know, one thing that you really mentioned that was interesting to me was how early on you turned off the 24 news cycle, which is extremely, it's so extremely fear-based and negative that when they have like, you know, think about the random news, uh, uh, piece that they do that's like, you know, optimism for the day. And it's like, it's so out of place because we're so used to all the awful things that are happening. And in fact, for me, you know, I've, I've really, I was having a conversation with a guy this morning who was asking me about something political. And I said, man, I'll be honest. I've just learned just to turn all that stuff off. Like I just don't do anything political anymore. Um, my question to you, some advice I'd like to ask you for is I know for me, it's hard to, resists, you know, it's like the Godfather getting pulled back in and like someone will text me or call me and like, can you believe that? And I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on. And then in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about it. How, how can I do a better job of staying clean? <laughs> Cause that cause, is, you know, it's just so much negativity out there. Oh gosh. Yeah. And it's so easy to find it, but here's where the peace is. Okay. Imagine this is your, your brain, this is your mind, and this is a thought and this is a thought. If the thoughts are battling back and forth, there's no space for the now, for the present, for opening. So I do, a, I do, I meditate hundreds of times a day. And meditation for me is, and I cannot think for a long time, really, as long as I want to, I can have almost no thoughts in my mind. And that's, when the miracles happen, when mm. our, when you set an intention and then you let it go. And there's a statement, I think it's called let it go and let God, right? And I'm not a believer in God in the religion kind of way to rebind. I'm a, a very spiritual knower. Mm -hmm. I'm an understander of spirit. We are spirit. We're playing a divine game, having a divine experience. So a lot of meditation where I take a deep breath and let the mind go silent. And then that's when the downloads come. Talk to me a little bit about, like, I'm, I'm, 
I'm just, I imagine that the kinds of friends that you surround yourself with, I mean, are pretty like-minded. And I know that's something for a lot of newer entrepreneurs, especially people who are listening, who maybe they just started their business. It could be really hard to, like when you decide to play the right mental game, I'm turning off the noise, I'm turning off the negativity, I'm turning off the fear, the scarcity, whatever. And it's, it's hard to have that and then yet still have like the people in your circle like you're going to do what? Oh no, you shouldn't do that. Oh, that's a terrible idea. Like talk to me about the journey of just making sure that you have the right people around you. Oh gosh, that's such an important question nowadays. So, I have a barrier to entry of of my life, of my circle and my sphere, and it's force and violence. Anybody who believes in mandates that I should have to do anything based on the governmente, that I should be forced to do anything, to wear a mask, to get any of these things going on, I exclude them from my circle. I believe in the voluntary exchange of value. I believe in peace. I believe that fair share, which is a permaculture core principle, is not at the point of a gun. It's at the voluntary inspired action. Sharing is a voluntary action. So anybody, and I, by the way, I love diverse-minded people, but with one core principle, and that is no force and violence. Yeah. So like, I mean, is this as granular as like, do you, do you use social media, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah. My team does. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, like, well, I, I don't know if you have like a personal account, but like, I mean, if you see like a friend like wearing a mask, are you like, no, get out? Or no, is it, is, no, or is no, it no. just like, I just, I'm not going to have like a deep conversation with that person or, or maybe not even that, but just like they're not going to be like an ally on the journey, I guess. I um, as long it, as really. they, you know, here's my thing. I just don't force me. You can do whatever you want. But when you demand that I follow your BS, your belief systems, bad science and bullshit, I say, forget <laughs> you, right? But anybody else, it's all about voluntarism. And this idea, the most dangerous superstition, as Larkin Rose puts it, is our belief in authority instead of being the authors of our own novels, of our own lives. I do really like, I mean, I really like that side of it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if you and I agree on everything, but the that last piece there on because there's an implicit control there which a lot of people they go through life you know like sort of well is me i'm out of control like this happened to me like my future is kind of it's just the result of just this chaotic you know world we live in and you're talking about really in an intentionality there like an yeah. intentionality of what you're in control of yeah i'm in control of me and i i'm not even in control i'm in allowance of mm. me I allow myself to be myself. I don't try to control anybody ever. I inspire to the best of my ability. And my intent is to inspire and empower and really to catalyze a shift in consciousness that leads to mass adoption of voluntary, wonderful, abundant action, inspired action. One of my favorite words is inspired or enthusiastic. They both mean the same thing. We live in a vibrational experience, a vibrational reality. Tesla said, if you want to find the secrets to the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And I'll change it by one word, feel or experience in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. That's where the magic is. Now, when you think about like you had this moment when you were younger on like the vision for your life, the goals for your life, and you you saw this person. And I think it's a very inspirational story because I think we've all had those... Um, 
uh, oh man, I think of them as like flashes. Like you have like a day or a moment where you, you can almost see that person. And then like the noise of the world or drama or stress yeah. kind of, you kind of lose sight of it. You know, as you think about the future, you know, you have this amazing cause that you're working on, food forest abundance. It is where does this go? Where do you envision this going? I mean, I love the stat you mentioned, by the way. If 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 I think it was that if we used 50% of our essentially like our lawn space, it would have because I think about um, and just for our listeners, by the way, just just to help break this down or background this a little bit better. You know, we have places in our country called food deserts where you can't get access to the nutritional foods that you need. And you would be surprised. We're not talking about the random, you know, rule, like don't think outside of town. You likely have food deserts in your town, in your city, where people can't get to the nutrients and resources that they need to. It'd probably blow your mind. And so uh, all that to say, going back to going back to you, Jim. Are we eliminating food deserts? I mean, are we? Are yes. We, I, I love what you said too about decentralizing, um, like food sources. Um, yeah. Right now, right now, food comes from an average of fifteen hundred miles away in the United States. That is insane, right? When we can grow food right in our own backyards, and this is everywhere from Minnesota and Alaska, Hawaii, Arizona. All of these places, of course, it's different food and it's seasonal food, but it can be done anywhere there's green plants growing, there can be food forests. And then as far as food deserts, so we just got a commitment for $50 million donation to put food forests in schools and we're going to start with private schools throughout North America. Wow. And I'm reaching out to several other billionaires and a lot of people are seeing what we're talking about as the solution. When we turn a park in a food desert into a food forest, that becomes a nursery and an education site. It becomes habitat. It raises the value of the entire area massively. It, and it provides free food for the community. I mean, that one thing, you go into these communities and they go to Church's Chicken or 7-Eleven to get their meals when they can walk across the street and get healthy, vibrant food in a place like Florida pretty much all year long. In a place like Minnesota, three or four months of the year, they can have incredibly healthy and life-giving food. The cancer, the diabetes, the heart disease in those communities will go way down right. when we use these resources in the most logical way. I really believe what you're saying. And I also think about, you know, think about for our listeners, our poorest communities, you know, they they aren't buying organic food. They aren't buying the organic stuff. They are buying whatever's cheapest to feed their family. And it's usually nutritionless. And, you know, and this this when you're poor, the expenses compound because now, like you mentioned, diabetes, we have other ailments that are happening because they're not getting the good nutrition that they have. And so when we talk about worldwide impacts. This is what we're talking. We're, we're actually literally lifting people out of poverty or the impacts of poverty by having the access to to nutritious food. Um, Jim, this is amazing. This is really uh, this is just exciting stuff to talk about. I mean, I'm motivated. It's so much fun. <laughs> I've never had so much fun in my life because I'm surrounding myself with people who see this vision as the idea whose time has come. And like, and unpacking that, there's one thing stronger than all of the armies of the world, which is really just one army. It's the same families who've been controlling the world for hundreds of years. And the idea whose time has come implies that the idea is already in our consciousness. 
Not only is the idea in our consciousness, but everybody I've spoken to that's over the age of 30 can describe the idea in glorious detail. Hmm. But they've been scammed. They've been told that it's a utopian fantasy, that the Garden of Eden, not the religious place, but the place of logical abundance everywhere, is impossible when it's just how it should be. If we, when we realize what's possible, then this is just going to be the norm. And so this is the future that I see. And I'm so excited about it because we are going to go through a really tough period. It's already happening and the food supply chains are in big, big trouble, but that is also the catalyst for this change. Yeah, I, I agree. There's never been a better time. I mean, looking at the price of food in the last 12 months, I mean, it's pretty, it's wild. It's wild how prices are going up. Um, for someone who's listening, I mean, myself included, who's thinking, okay, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get into this. I gotta get involved in this. What's, I mean, do they go to the website? I mean, what's the best way yeah. for people to get involved? If you would like to design your yard to be a food forest, you can do it in a couple ways. You can go online, you can go on YouTube, and you can check your area, and you can do uh, quite a bit of, of research and learning, and you can have fun with it, and you can design your own yard. You can also, if you want to speed up time, you can also hire a permaculturalist. And that's what we do. We've got 42 professional food forest landscape designers. So somebody calls us up and we do a custom food forest design for their backyard. And then if you want to be in the business, which is the most logical and timely and beneficial business in the world right now, our food forest cooperative is growing. Well, it's one of the fastest growing cooperatives in the world. And we design and install the cooperatives actually install these food forests. It's exciting stuff, man. Yeah. And uh, again, guys, if you check out the comments or excuse me, the description of the episode, you're going to see the link to foodforestabundance.com. Jim, this has been inspiring, man. This has been, awesome, and it was fun riffing off yeah. you. I was like, oh, I know, I know a little bit of what you're talking about. Uh, and you've, you've helped widen my eyes a little bit today. Um, I'm definitely going to check it out myself. I feel like this is, I love how you, you referenced the cooperative. I mean, this, this is a collaborative effort. This is something that's worthy of everyone's time to investigate, look at, and get involved in. And Jim, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Anything else you want to share before we end our show today? Well, I want to say thank you. And I want to invite anybody listening to plant seeds and then, then to share what your experience is with your neighbors and your friends. Um, we are also coming to market with Topia this summer, maybe on the 4th of July, maybe a little after. And that is a, a crypto or a currency or a money that, in fact, we call it a barter exchange mechanism that has all of the functions of Bitcoin and the fiat dollar. And it's directly linked to food production, minting, mining, Topia is growing food. That is going to change the world radically. And that stacks the functionality of everything we're doing. Love it, man. Hey, Jim, it was awesome having you on the show today. I appreciate you. Thank you, Blake. Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put those links in the episode description below. Definitely. You got to check this out. I mean, this is, I mean, the, the, 
not to sound cynical, the earth isn't getting better each day. There are forces that are making it look a lot worse every day. And so if you want to get involved in the future for your kids, for the the collaborative world, the planet we're all sharing, you got to check out foodforestabundance.com. And hey, if you enjoy this podcast, you enjoy this episode, maybe you're a first-time listener, what the heck are you waiting on? Click the subscribe button, click the follow button so we can keep bringing you good advice wherever you are on your business journey. And if you want to support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice. And you can pay for a cup of coffee for your illustrious host or one of our guests. Hey, I so appreciate you. Thanks for listening today. And that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later.